Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Tonight we're going to be talking to Carmen Chaos. Uh, she's a talent who's known mostly for her work in West Virginia. And uh, I'm really interested to, to hear her story and, and hear a lot about this because, well, I'll just be honest, I don't really know a lot about wrestling in West Virginia. I only really know IWA East Coast, which I love. I really love. All right, but besides that, uh, this is going to be a, a really fun interview with a, uh, a person who's definitely building their presence online, so I'm really happy that uh, she's taking some time to, to talk with me. So you guys know the deal by now. Uh, just wait like three seconds, and we'll be back with Carmen Chaos. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are with Carmen Chaos. Again, Carmen, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to spend it with me and talk about wrestling. <laughs> I I cannot think of a better thing to do. I mean, besides watch, you know, Dynamite. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, wrestling is wrestling, so I'm here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, at least you can catch Dynamite on demand. That's a plus. <laughs> oh, always. TNT app is a little crazy. But, hey, I, I can watch anyone I want. <laughs> That's true. That's actually a, a huge point. Uh, so we'll just get started uh, with, you know, the question you've been asked a million times in your life. Uh, but how were you first exposed to pro wrestling? So I had two older brothers and I was about four years old. And the first match I ever watched was a historic one. It was Undertaker versus Mankind in the Hell in a Cell. Oh, and yeah. as we were there losing our minds, I looked back to both of my parents and I went, I want to do that. And then I just saw their eyes go huge. And they were like, oh, okay. But it was a phase I never grew out of. And it's crazy that your first match is, you know, one where Mick Foley almost dies, but I mean, I mean, you can't beat that because uh, what's funny is that we were at a show at the um, Charleston town center and my dad looked over and we were just in a hotel elevator and we look over and there was the undertaker oh man so i got to meet him whenever i was a small baby <laughs> that's awesome though oh for sure my dad said he had never been so scared of a man up until he looked over and there was a seven foot man with hair in his face <laughs> yeah i can get that there's definitely he's definitely one of those people with one of the most imposing presences of any pro wrestler. But what's great is that he was one of the most polite men you could ever meet in your life. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's that's good to hear that he was a, a pretty cool dude. For sure. Alright, so... You were hooked, like, immediately after that? Did you just start, like, regularly watching wrestling after watching that Hell in a Cell match? Oh, yeah. It just became a, a household... Basically, that, you know, we would watch Monday Night Raw. But what's funny is that whenever WCW came around, we kind of had to pick an allegiance. <laughs> so yeah. we, had a, we had our own WWF-WCW feud in our house. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm just going by, because uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're younger than me. I'm actually, I'm very sure you're younger than me. So... When for WCW for you, it had to be like the dying years. Like it had to be like the last couple years. Yeah, it and it's funny because uh, I was actually team 
WCW because uh, we, we, of course, you know, saw Goldberg and Hulk Hogan went over and all that stuff. But those were the ones my brothers were like, yeah, I was into the Nitro Girls. <laughs> okay, fair. Not because, not because of the really good dancing. I wanted to be one. So that was my parents' first clue. Like, oh, she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. And it's just funny to me that, you know, because I grew up on WCW. So when I get to talk to people who, like, don't remember, like, really good WCW and only remember, like, really bad Vince Russo WCW, it's Oh, no. It's like ever since it hit hit the year 2000, Y2K was not anything about computers, anything like that. That's whenever Vince Russo became in charge and that ruined everything. Oh, my God. You're not wrong. Just... (laughs) That was the Y2K of actual WCW was Vince Russo. <laughs> and I just, I think it's funny because I remember as a kid, and I don't know why this sticks with me. It's just one of those stupid things that does. Is I think it was the end of the year awards for Pro Wrestling Illustrated for 1997. And one of the questions was, in 10 years, if only one company is still alive, would it be WCW or WWF? And WCW won the poll. Yeah. So just yeah, to think, <laughs> five years later, that just shit went off the rails so bad that they're that they died. <laughs> and I mean, it's nothing against against Vince Russo, anything like that. But I do find it kind of ironic that he'll now speak on current storylines and stuff. And I'm like, do we really need to bring up storylines here, Vince Russo? <laughs> right, like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know he was influential in a lot of things in WWF at that time and building up. But I think Bruce Prichard put it best that Vince Russo's best work was when he had someone to filter him. <laughs> 100%. And, yeah, in WCW. And it's just Vince Russo's booking is weird in that it continues. There's never really a blow off. You just go from one thing to another. So... The pay-per-views almost became pointless because you weren't even blowing off the feuds. You were just building up other stuff. Oh, yeah, because, of course, on the good old Peacock, you can watch all this. And I was a big fan of, of course, like the classic matches like Rey Mysterio versus Eddie, Halloween Havoc. Like, that That was, like, ideal WCW. Oh, that was the best era. Like, that, right in that moment where the, you know, the... When you're the whole build up to Starcade '97 is near perfect. Oh, for sure, for sure, they did an excellent job with that. And then Starcade '97 and the whole main event, and that was and then, that was the start then, of the slide. <laughs> they said, "Well, here we are." <laughs> Creative control is something. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, now, who were some of your first favorite wrestlers? Uh, growing up, looking back, um, I was really into whenever women started to get the actual spotlights. So, of course, Trish Travis, Lita, China was a was a big one for me because, like, watching them as a kid and looking back on them now, they were such a huge part of the actual women getting time on the shows because you know there was there was china and she was just so strong and there was trish and lita that could still capture your attention even though they were still like fresh and new 
they were still able to captivate. Yeah, I totally get that. And China doesn't get enough credit as she deserves, I feel, in, you know, really carving out intergender wrestling on a massive platform. Oh, for sure. And I know as a, as a kid, you know, looking back in the next intergender angles besides, you know, China, in my house, we always wanted her to win. But one that kind of peeps up into mine, which is a horrible angle, but it was the uh, Stephanie and Vince angle. I mean to tell you, whenever my mom was screaming at the TV watching No Mercy 2000. <laughs> 2003 our household was erupting <laughs> that was just such a weird angle and i remember watching that going why just <sighs> seriously why it's because vince vince mcmahon is the only answer i have i mean even you... even the finish was weird i'm like my god you really just choked your daughter out didn't you <laughs> yeah and i mean and then that's when you hear you know like when you hear that at that time, Vince wanted to do, like, the whole incest angle and stuff. And I'm just like, is this man, like, yeah. legit crazy? And, then, <laughs> and now you fast forward, you know, almost 10 years later, and we're still just going, is is he just completely gone? <laughs> I mean, he did beat God. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah, not many people can say they went over on that one. <laughs> He said, you know what? I'm going over against God. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say it is about pro wrestling that has kept you a fan, like, till this day? Um, I would say that, in a way, you know, I can never guess what's going to happen next and what's going to be the next, the next movement. Because at any time... Wrestling just changes. And I think that's what's kept it fresh is that, you know, with things like now AEW coming up, uh, the women's the women's evolution, you know, we have different things that are keeping it to where it's like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And I do know for a fact my kind of attention started to pick back up whenever the whole uh, – Stephanie brought in uh, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. That's whenever I'm like, oh, who are these people? And that kind of really, even even that day, I was like, this is going to change a lot of things. And just to look at that to now is a crazy thing. Yeah, and it is awesome to see women's wrestling be treated with way more respect when it comes to, you know, the American uh, major pro wrestling companies. Uh, like, I remember because I'm one of those people who, I'm one of the few people, I should say, who didn't really care for the Attitude Era that almost made me fall out of love with wrestling. And, you know, the Internet's a big place and you can find a lot of cool stuff. And that's when I found All Japan Women's and I got to see, like, Manami Toyota and Bull Nakano and Aja Kong just murdering people. Legitimately, it looked like it. And then it, it always became one of those things to me that pro wrestling or women's wrestling in America kind of wasn't given the same chance as it was in Japan. And then now recently to see it blow up in such a great way is awesome because gender. Oh, sorry. I got to sneeze. Gender aside. Oh, went away. So bad. This is the worst podcast entrance ever. <laughs> there it goes. All right. Um, women. 
gender side can be just as great pro wrestlers as anyone else. So when people were kind of shitting on it, like, oh, women's wrestling, that's nothing special. Like, yes, it is something special. And for you to just kind of be sexist about it is a douchebag thing to say. For sure. And, and, and going off of that, what I view myself in, you know, doing independent wrestling stuff like that, I'm very happy to say that where I'm at with our um, promotion stuff, we have some talented women because... One thing that I kind of is a pet peeve of mine is to where in a local scene to where it's like women's wrestling is not held to the same standard. Like I, for one, I'll, I train with men. So I'm bumping, I'm bumping with the boys. I'm taking moves with the boys. Like they are rough. <laughs> so, so, so whenever like I'll have like an, an opponent and they're like, Oh, I can't bump really well. And I'm like, what are you doing? Wrestling did. Yeah. You're <laughs> I'm not like, wrong. what are you doing here? <laughs> but yeah, and like, uh, I own my own promotion. And in our, well, only show so far, my main event had three women in it, in a tag team match. And it was very important to me that they be shown at a very, you know, at the appropriate stage that they belonged in, in the main event. Because I don't think gender matters when it comes to talent. And I don't think it should matter to anyone who's watching. Oh, no. Oh, no, for sure. Because, I mean, that's like me and um, my my last um, uh, opponent. Her name's Anastasia Morningstar. And she's actually from upstate New York. So. She is. I'm actually familiar with her work. And I know she's wrestled uh, some of the indies around me. Um, she is an excellent worker. <laughs> she is, she she's is great. so strong. She's another one who doesn't get enough credit and isn't wrestling in enough places. Uh, she is so strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, I watched that match of yours earlier today. And uh, that one, she, she does. She puts a lot of emphasis into her moves to really make it. Well, it is painful, but to really drive that feeling through the screen of... Oh, that hurt. That really hurt. Oh, I was really good at selling her at um, selling her back chops because those are painful. <laughs> Any chops hurt. That's like when, when people are just like, oh, you know, that stuff can't hurt. And let me chop you. Stand still <gasps> and let me light you up because it sucks. <laughs> I remember at, um, at one point, it was like about... I say midway through, she was on top of me, and I was there like, I really hope she stops hitting me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I said, anytime now. Yes, just please, just get this over. <laughs> but hey, I mean, I have, ever since then, I have, I have trained like three times a week, gymnastics, like, I know for a fact I'm going to have to come as strong as I ever have in order to to possibly beat her. So I know for a fact that I've not left the gym. So, <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, at least you're looking at it from the right perspective. That you only, that the harder you work, the more rewards you'll get out of it. I, I hate to brag, but I'm definitely one of the hardest working people that take, you know, I take, wrestling serious like i'll be the i'll be the first one in last one out any practice and i I actually love hearing that from people because 
we are like this weird niche community when it comes to like all these forms of entertainment or different sports, but we love it. We genuinely love everything about wrestling and I wish I could still wrestle or wrestle or at least maybe try to get back into it in the point where I could maybe have a few more matches. So I, I get where you're coming from. Just wanting to be around it, always wanting to be a part of it, always wanting to get better because this is something that's special to us. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, if you don't have that, it's just like with anything else. If you have lost that passion, that fire, people, people can see it. People can see that you're there for a paycheck. Yeah. And that's the worst thing is that even, even as a fan, I'm like that you are on a, you are, you have an excellent platform for you to be able to, you know, go out here and work. And it just kind of sucks whenever like, that's what I love about, you know, independence is because the fire, a lot of them have is because they feel like they have to prove something. And at that point it is whenever you see great, indie wrestling yeah i i totally agree with you and it's something that i've said before like think a million times on this podcast if the fire isn't there anymore then you need to really reevaluate what you're doing because even if you are very talented but the passion isn't there anymore you're still taking a spot from someone else who still has that passion right But yeah, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. Um, now, you said ever since you were a little kid, you wanted to be a wrestler. So when did you start going out and looking for schools? Um, I would say about about a year ago or so. Uh, you know, around here, being trans is kind of hard. So, I mean... I reached out to some places and honestly, they didn't know if it was just a joke, but I finally came in, came into contact with our, um, RM wrestling brand. It's big time wrestling, Freddie Cornell. And I was there and, you know, I went ahead and reached out. I was like, Hey, are you guys okay with LGBT people? I really want to do this. And he didn't see the message until after I was there. So then he was like, Pulls me aside and he goes like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. He's like, why? Are you like lesbian? No, <laughs> I'm not a lesbian. I was like, no, I'm trans. He went, oh. And the coolest part is that around here, you know, you kind of have to be careful. But he just uh, walked me back into back into the school. He said, hello, this is this Carmen. If you guys have any kind of problem with it, you can go ahead and leave. I said, oh. <laughs> that is honestly awesome. Uh, wow, I'm like really taken aback by that because I will just be straight with you. You know, when hearing that you're trans, obviously no big deal at all to me about that. But, but when hearing about West Virginia, I was like, oh, my God, that cannot be an easy life. <laughs> like, there's no way that is easy. So oh, no. to hear that, though, that he was so willing to embrace it like from the moment that he met you is that's a solid dude he has been an amazing person because as you can probably imagine being trans and stuff like i didn't want that to be part of my you know gimmick i wanted to be 
hi, I'm Carmen, I'm trans, but aside from, you know, a gimmick. So it's been, it's been really great because, you know, one of my biggest fears was that I was going to be brought in as like the drag queen. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Which I think is, is a legitimate fear. And right. it shouldn't be used as that because just because you're trans doesn't mean that has to be your entire gimmick because you're just saying it, who you are. It does not fit me. I have not worn a high heel shoe in two years. <laughs> like That is not me at all. I do not do any kind of big makeup, anything like that. So I'm super happy that, you know, I'm able to be me because, I mean, if that is who you are, go for it. Live it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that most certainly is not me. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I feel that the best gimmicks in wrestling are just extensions of the person's personality, just cranking it up to a little bit over the top. I will say though, with um with a drag, it definitely did help whenever it came time to, you know, design gear and get all that stuff ready because I know what I'm supposed to look like. <laughs> so uh whenever I had reached out to the um person who had who had made my gear, I said, I want this fabric, this fabric, I want it made like this, blah blah. I want this kind of I want this kind of rhinestones they went. You know costumes. <laughs> and you do and have said, awesome gear. So you definitely did a great job picking that out. Oh, oh, for sure. That is one thing that I can I can honestly brag on is because I I got some good gear and I'm I'm even working on some working on some new collars, things like that. So I mean it's 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 honestly really cool because you know that is that is one thing a lot of wrestlers don't really focus on on the indies is how important gear is our promoter beat it into our heads <laughs> yeah. and i mean he yes flat out he flat out will not use somebody if they don't have good gear i i feel like the gear that's like a weird one to me because yes your gear should stand out and be a part of your character and all that but then there's sometimes where the gear doesn't necessarily correlate with the wrestler, like, I don't know how familiar you are with New Japan, but uh, Katsuyori Shibata is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, and literally all he wore is black trunks, black kick pads, black <laughs> wrestling shoes. But, but hey, he still looks professional, and that's the That's main true, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, when you're, when you're just going out there in, you know, basketball shorts and, and Nikes, you're not really think, doing yourself any favors. I don't think I've ever favor. seen... I've never seen somebody on our show with basketball shorts. I don't know what our, what our promoter would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely important to just go out there and get yourself something decent. You know, it, whether it's pleather shorts or trunks or tights, just do yourself a favor. Look good. Yes. <laughs> Love yourself. Now, how hard was training for you? Um, training actually, uh, was pretty easy. I have a six year, um, amateur, amateur wrestling background, which are, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, our, um, promoter was real shocked because it came, came time for, you know, tryout day. And he was like, let's see how you do in a shoot. I said, okay. I was like, I don't really want to hurt the guy. 
And, you know, he laughs and stuff. I said, okay. I did an immediate double leg takedown. He went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's whenever he, whenever he like, he like kind of knew. He was like, oh, she's going to get this pretty quick. So, yeah. say about four weeks, four weeks in, uh, we were there practicing moves. And I did a hurricanrana from the middle rope flying. <laughs> and he went. In 26 years, I've never seen anybody pick this up this quick. Well, so that awesome. kind of that kind of made me feel great because I'm always I'm always trying to you know get better. Yeah. And at any at, at at any time I can, you know, I'm constantly working and pushing and watching wrestling is a really is a really you know important part not only to base kind of base kind of your own moves, but also I really don't like how there's a hard a hardness between uh today's wrestling and you know how like some people are like oh i don't watch any of that and i'm like i understand but you're also still in today's business <laughs> yes you're like, very you still need to very keep, true keep a little up to date like it's fine if you don't have to watch and stuff but don't have such a hard hate for it and i don't get the hard hate in that sense because okay maybe you don't like wwe maybe you don't like aew but are we going to honestly act like there isn't thousands of wrestling promotions right now? that you There isn't one where you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is look. There's a ton of promotions that post their stuff for free on YouTube, big time pro wrestling included. And you can just find something. It's not hard to find a promotion that you like anymore in this day and age. It really isn't. With, with all the streaming services... And all the places that, that put out their content for free, you don't really have to look hard or far. Oh right. And there's there's apps, there's the um there's the um independent um wrestling TV app to where even for a small fee you get you get access to literally thousands. So I'm yeah. like I'm like, you really don't have any kind of reason. You can find any kind of product that that you do want watch, even with the like main with the um, main brands out right now, they're all so different. Yeah. And yeah, IWTV is ridiculous. There is so much stuff on there. You can't watch it all. Like literally <laughs> you cannot watch all of it. And, and you're right. I think at this point they have hundreds of promotions on there. So to say that, Oh, there is nothing in this current climate that I like just makes you sound like an asshole. <laughs> I'm like there's there's no way and also in a way it's kind of a contradiction because I'm like you are in today's wrestling <laughs> yeah do you not like what you're doing yourself again love yourself <laughs> uh, so how many months into training were you before you had your first match um uh, I'd say about eight months in okay so I was I was you know pretty early but what's funny is that also to be a uh, special guest referee as my like first spot, but oh, that cool. but, but we had a huge ice storm hit, so that event got postponed. And whenever whenever um we whenever we came back to, I was like, all right, am I still going to be special guest ref? They went, nope, you're having your first match. I said, what? <laughs> uh, do so, you, what do you it, remember? It was from, cool. Oh, Oh yeah, I was like, uh, I guess I'm having my first match. And funniest thing, I thought I was going to be heel. 
I was convinced that I was going to be healed. I am baby face beloved. <laughs> you are. You are over as hell. <laughs> I did not see that coming at all because, you know, small towns, we also wrestle inside of churches, mind you. Yes. So I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to see how they, how they, you know, react. The children love me. I love them. They are the sweetest things in the entire world. And it's crazy because I got a huge pop my, you know, first night. And I was there and I just looked over and I was like, is that for me? And he went, yeah. I was like, all right, here we go. And if that shows anything, it's that hate isn't, you know, something you're born with. It's a learned thing. So, oh, for sure. So these and, the, these kids that don't, you know, all they see is this cool, awesome lady out there doing great stuff. Right. And the funniest thing is that somebody on a uh, Facebook Live um, video was there and our uh, promoter was there going on talking about each one of um, our training students before our, like, big show. And... He then he then brought up me, and funniest thing is that uh, he was there and he's like, "Yeah, people didn't want to give her a chance because she because she's different." But I'm glad that you know I gave her I I gave her that chance because give it five years she'll be on every single TV screen. Blah blah. And the funniest thing, granted, his words were amazing, and there was a kid you can hear. In the crowd, and out of all things to say, they just go, I know Carmen was gay. I said, well, great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just and it's just so pure, because, like, it's 100% great that, you know, these kids aren't focused on that. No. They don't care. They just love the show that is wrestling. Right. And, and they see me, I'm bubbly, friendly everything like that and it's truly the kids the parents that have been just wonderful because you know this is one the the crowd that we have at our shows this is this is one group of fans that there's not a hate hateful bone in their body like they do not hate people because of you know skin color race religion anything like these are just some pure fans that love pro wrestling and i cannot be any more grateful for them and, you know, I love hearing that, uh, especially that you're having such a great time with it and that they're so embracing because, I mean, we'll just be honest right now, uh, trans people have a much higher uh, rate of suicide than, than normal people because of how different they're treated. I am so glad you brought that up because I actually um, do some work with our with our um Huntington Pride Board, and we just now had our transgender day of, you know, awareness, yeah. and and we're there, and I got to, you know, it, you know, explain to people. I actually did a uh, speech at a, a church, and I was like, I was like, how many people are in this room? They're like, maybe, maybe a hundred. I was like, what if I said one of three of you will end up going home and killing yourself? They were like. That's a big number. I said one in one in three trans people do that. Yeah. And they 
you know, it was great because I actually got to got to teach people what it's like. And the hardest part was once we got done, there was a, a group of kids from a actual shelter who were kicked out because of them being gay, LGBT and stuff. And going over and talking to them, I was trying so hard not to cry. <laughs> I don't blame you. I am a I'm a very hormonal woman, so you know I had to I, I had to go there, stay you know, stay strong. But once I got home, man, I cried. <laughs> I had me a good cry. I, I don't blame you, and it's it's a a rough subject, but it's something that people need to hear because it's something I don't understand in the sense of why are we treating trans people different? How is it affecting your life? Because in most cases, or pretty much all cases, it's not affecting you. So just let these people live their lives and be happy and leave them alone. My my favorite quote that, you know, I have learned it is because if there is somebody that has so much hate that really does not like, mind you, it's just for me, being me so i mean if they have that much hate in their heart for it it's either a you want to be with me or b you want to be me so either you need to get over it or i mean i i, I could pass you a wig if you want <laughs> but yeah you i'm make... like i'm like i'm like listen i'm just trying to be here live my life but here you are not worrying about yourself you're worrying more about me you're not wrong and there's so many people who are still in the closet that you know choose to to use hate at it and that's not gonna fix anything or make you feel better and they are so far in listen it's christmas time coming up you can go ahead and get those christmas presents out whenever you whenever you decide to come out too yeah you're not wrong and (laughs) I don't know. I guess at this point, I look at it as it's 2021. Why Why do you need to hide who you are anymore? I mean, yes, I get that at times coming out can be... It, well, it is. It's going to be emotional and stressful. And there might be people in your family who don't understand and maybe don't accept it. But at the end of the day, I feel like you kind of owe it to yourself to be who you are and who you want to be. In the in the nicest way, from where you know uh, we're trying to teach a younger a younger generation, you know about being accepting, you know, with pride movements and things like that. They are the most accepting generation that will be that will be you know coming up. So I promise you, it's just a matter of time. So I mean, they they have so many like things that even I even I have to learn. Like they have. Um, there's, there's even more, there's even more genders. There's, you know, non-binary, there's, uh, there's, there's a, there's a ton more to where you don't have to, it's more like a spectrum is what I kind of like to call it. So then it's becoming such a more accepting place that, you know, all you have to do is just be able to, you know, the simple golden rule, respect people. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I like how you brought up that there's there's multiple different, you know, genders because people all the time, oh, there's only two genders. No, no, there isn't. There is. Oh, oh, I love that one. <laughs> no, it, gen, like, no, gender is fluid. It can be a lot of different things. 
yes, I get the fact that people are born with specific parts in the way they were born, but that doesn't always correlate to who they are. But again, sex refers to what you are physically born as. Gender refers to how you mentally identify as. And that's the, that's the thing that it seems like a older, like a older generation, just in the nicest way, they weren't taught that. So then I think they fear what they don't know. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I also feel like, I mean, Let's be honest in a sense. A lot of the older generations were taught or, well, you know, abused by their parents because that's how they thought discipline worked. And then pretty much were told not to talk about their feelings and keep it inside. And now they have all this built up tension and anger and resentment that they don't know what to do with. And they just take it out on everyone around them. For sure. And it's and it's kind of, of a thing around here too. I will be the first person I'm like, if you have any kind of questions, any anything like that, feel free to you know, ask me because I will happily, you know, help you any way I can. And one of the best shops I had around here, believe it or not, was a McDonalds. But <laughs> the funniest thing, one of the uh one of the um managers there I knew for years and he asked me one day he goes so uh how long how long have you been called a been called a transvestite I said that's an old slur yeah (laughs) I said that is not the word we use buddy (laughs) oh my god I freaking cracked up so hard because I was like my god (laughs) I said I I've never been called that. That's like a 1970s slur. Right. I said, that's old school. (laughs) Good for him, though, because, I mean, I know he did not mean any kind of harm in it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, we've kind of aged since, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's been been a work since then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess back... Getting back to subject, uh, what do you remember from your first match? Um, from my from my first match, I would say that uh, I remember I was kind of excited, nervous, and the match starts, and my opponent grabbed grabbed me with the wrong side, so I had to correct that, Ooh. and I guess that that kind of. Uh, I don't know if I should have corrected or not because it seems like, you know, people people get their feelings hurt. <laughs> but our freaking our freaking promoter was like, Your very first match and you knew that they were on the wrong side. <laughs> I said, Yep. yep. <laughs> but it was so great because because you know, we had I had, you know, my mom there, my and my brother was there, his Beyonce was there. I just had a great crowd there. I had some friends, and they were going nuts. <laughs> they, my mom and brother did not understand K-pop though, so oh, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, they near the end of the match had to be held back by, <laughs> by the by the security because they were trying to go towards the ring. Oh man, that's great. 
So, I mean, it even gave me a more pure, like, boost because the fans were going nuts. <laughs> they were like, as I was, you know, laying there, I, I look over and I said, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love hearing stories of, of that still going on to this day. It's still real to her. That's it's right. It's still real. <laughs> That's awesome. Through your career so far, which, I mean, you've only been wrestling for, a, like, a short period, right? I'd have to say, like, maybe a couple of years max. Oh, no. I'm probably only, like, a year in. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a baby. I mean, and that's what kind of, that's what kind of shocks people is that they're like, you are, you are excellent for just being, for just being a baby. Yeah, you are. You're, you're very good for being green. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because i mean that's the that's the kind of thing that you know probably from probably from my dad being like sports coach things like that because you, you know i was always raised do the best you can push as hard as you can and if you want to do something learn it so i'm constantly you know watching learning things like that so i mean i'm just ready to get better and better with each match i have and i think my i think my next match will be probably the best match I've had. Which is against who and when's it coming up? January 15th. And it'll be against Anastasia Morningstar for the women's title. Ooh, all right. Uh, where will it be for anyone listening? <laughs> it'll be at the Good Samaritan Church in Huntington, West Virginia. Awesome. You'll be, you'll be home for this one. Yeah, I have the home field advantage. <laughs> Less travel time. Oh, for sure. It is 10 minutes down the road, so I'm ready. <laughs> Which, uh, I've been through West Virginia a couple times, and uh, I don't know exactly where Anastasia is in New York, but from where I live to West Virginia is about eight hours, so. <laughs> she will be driving a long way thinking of ways to punish me. <laughs> <laughs> the entire car. I just, hmm. Yeah, and it is a long ride. Uh, see, that's see, that's what I hate because, you know, I'm having to spend all this time thinking of ways I can possibly beat her. She, she'll just have it there on the way being like, hmm, <laughs> nothing else to do in the car. Right. Uh, so throughout this last year, what would you say have been some of your biggest challenges? Um, biggest ones that I would say would be honestly keeping my head up. Because as, you know, as simple as, you know, that sounds, it can be a, the world of wrestling can be a dark place. Yes. We know that for sure. And, you know, luckily I have, I have people that have me and have, you know, my best, my best kind of, you know, in, in, intentions and stuff. Because, I mean, it, it, it does get hard because being, because being trans and being, you know, different i kind of had to i kind of had to talk and somebody literally went they, they went so let me just get this straight you're trans you're you're good you're green and you're pretty i said i guess if that's what you think she said oh you're gonna have a rough <laughs> i was like well and they kind of helped me a lot because you know they just they just kind of made me believe in 
myself again because because I really did get down because of course whenever um I was dropped on I was dropped on my head uh one day Ooh. during training and I got a um concussion and a vitreous hemorrhage in my eye. Oh, Not sure Jesus. if you Oh yeah. So concussion bad enough. Bleeding in inside of my eyeball. Not great. And also I'm diabetic. So Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had to go and I I was there. I haven't been to the eye doctor in years, which is probably be, you know, not great. So I, I was there and they're like, uh, you need to go to a retina specialist. And I was like, Okay, when? They said, Right now. I said, What? <laughs> so I had to go eat I had to go emergency all the way there because uh Turns out that half of my eye was just filled was just filled with blood, and I was there. I was like, okay, you know, and I was like, well, what do we have to do? They said we need to inject a healing um, thing into it. I was like, okay. I was like, do you need to like inject my arm? They got out these stirrups that go to your eyeball. <laughs> oh my god! And they held my eye open and took a syringe, and he's just there talking to me like, so what kind of music you like? I said, sir, I cannot make words right now. Right. (laughs) I am beyond paralyzed with fear. Please do not ask me any kind of questions. I I will answer them after. But uh, I just kind of had to push through because I'm like, listen, this is what I was made here to do. Like, this is like, this is what I'm put on this earth to do was to was to become a transgender professional wrestler. So I kind of I kind of pushed through and then. Uh, even despite all that very next week practice, I was there, you know, I couldn't, but what was the hardest part is that you kind of have to relearn everything. Cause I don't know if it, anybody really knows about concussion, things like that. You have to t- train your body again because, be, because again, I couldn't really bump. I didn't really do anything. So I had to retrain rolls, had to retrain bumps and then I was <laughs> I remember, I remember one time I was literally rolling around the ring and I, and I was there, I maybe did two rolls dizzy and I just started crying. (laughs) I was so mad. I was like, this is not fair. But then I finally, you know, after training, healing, I had to sleep sitting up for for like a month. Oh, damn. Oh, it, it was awful. Awful. I don't know if you ever had to sleep. Sitting up, it's terrible. Uh, a little, I've had to a few times for stomach issues, but I mean, I've had a couple concussions, but they were never that bad. Oh yeah, I got I I got my head rocked. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Well, great." Oh man, that's crazy. But you know, still to just go through that and not give up is. I mean, it's impressive, and it's it just shows your want and your desire for wrestling. I I said it best. I said the only way that I will not be here is once somebody puts me six feet under. <laughs> I was like, you will have to kill me for me to not do this. And I I just I, I don't know. I guess it's when some people say something like that, it just reminds me of. I guess, man, stumbling again. We always hear people say that there's something that they're willing to die for. 
And most of the time, you think it's just kind of someone overreacting or, you know, blowing things out of proportion. But when it comes to wrestling and stuff like that, I get that. I totally understand the literal willing to give everything to make this dream work. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, if you had to think about me, you know, for one, going out in such a small state being like, I am trans, I'm here. I want to be a professional wrestler. And the fact that, you know, I like to imagine that the world is, you know, getting better. But at any time, somebody could, you know, that could be my last match, whether I'm ready or not. But it's the fact I'm willing to go out there and give it my all every single show that has pushed me to where I'm at today. Yeah, and I feel like you're looking at it at the best possible way. For sure, because now, you know, we've had this we've had this kind of small break and, you know, most people, of course, holiday season and stuff. I actually have been going to the gym about three times a week. I've been taking I've been taking tumbling lessons like I want to be the best I can be. So, I mean, to see to to see, you know, I have I have a match in almost exactly it's a month and a week from now, like. I, I kind of have this viewing as like my my best match that I'll have because I promise I'm going out there and I'm I want to be the first ever trans person to hold a, a, a title in my state. So that's huge for me. And so, that's huge in general, honestly. I mean, I don't I didn't know like I, I kind of said in the intro, I don't know much about the indie scene in West Virginia. Uh, I know there's a few promotions. That, well, at least that I know of. I'm sure there's many more. But to be in an area that, I guess, in an honest sense, a lot of the country looks down on, to have such a big accomplishment like that could show people everywhere, or, you know, trans people anywhere, that, well, if she could do it in that place, what means I can't do what I want to do here? Right, which is which is great because it it honestly took um, somebody that I that I can now call a friend, Nyla Rose. Uh, once she once once I saw her, I knew that there was nothing stopping me. So I really did have a chance to you know thank her for that, and it's great because uh, she kind of she kind of helped you know push it through the actual forefront. And there's there's many other transgender. Um, wrestlers I have met now. Uh, there is there's one by the name of uh, Mariah Marino who has been a great help. But it's cool to have kind of like a circle I can relate to. You know where we can be like, you know, talk about things that we have that we have been through as trans women inside of this business. Yeah, and I mean, how many terrible things did? All of us see written online about Nyla when she first started in AEW. And it's still happening today. There's people that I feel like anytime someone posts something about her, you know you're going to read some really messed up comments. Right. And I can say, you know, luckily I have not, I have not dealt with that yet. It will happen. But I'm not really, I'm not really too worried because, uh, a lot of times it's just it's just people just being trolls. So I mean, 
I just definitely learned to learn, learn to basically just be like, whatever. <laughs> Which I mean, it's something you have to do. Cause I know there's a lot of people who get caught up reading the comments about themselves and taking it way too hard. Oh gosh. If I, I've had to, uh, I'm a great person to help talk to like other to other wrestlers and stuff because one thing that cracks me up is whenever uh, wrestlers don't like whenever they're like not in gear and stuff and people's like looking at them and stuff. I said, "Do you know how many days I get stared at on on a daily?" Yeah. <laughs> I said, "This is a good day if it is less than 20. But yeah, that's that's definitely a good way to kind of relate to them and and let them know that hey, you know, in a sense it could be worse, and in another sense, you just gotta learn to be confident in yourself. Right. That is, and that is one thing. Also, you know, that kind of helped me was that from where being trans in such a small state, it's kind of helped you know whenever whenever you have to have a kind of uh kind of confidence to even walk out of your front door so whenever it came time for me to you know wrestling people watching confidence is there (laughs) which is a a big step because there's plenty of people very early on who do not have a lot of confidence right right oh no they got the deer in headlights (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, okay so I use Anchor, and it cuts us off after an hour, and we're getting kind of close. So I'm just going to save this, and then we'll just keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, that was painless. And, <laughs> uh, so what would you say at this point, though, in your career are some of your biggest accomplishments? I would say the um, biggest one that I've had is that... I got a, I got a submission victory over our past uh, big time wrestling women's champion in a tag match. I also, um, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, OVW, but in my third match, I had a match against Ari Alexander, and it was a steel cage match, and I got my very first win. And to say that I got a win over such a such great talent is kind of big for me because, uh, you know, she is a, she is a hell of a worker. She's a very good wrestler. I, I, you know, I was glad to say that, you know, me and her were, were friends after that because, uh, she was actually my, actually my, um, tag team partner. And, uh, to say that, to say that, you know, I have worked with, I have worked with somebody who is just, as great, talented, and kind of has that drive that that I do, she is going to make it. She is going to make it. I don't know somewhere, but she is she is going to you know push it. And it's honestly great to see her doing things. You know she does OVW intergender wrestling. She I saw her do a hardcore match with Tax, and no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's a hard pass for me. Yeah, that's not a scene for everybody. <laughs> oh, most certainly not a uh, five foot seven, hundred thirty pound trans woman diabetic. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, I'm no, good there. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, I have a lot of friends in the deathmatch community, and that's it takes 
a different kind of person to, to do that. One of my best people that I have had the um, chance to talk to backstage is uh, Madman, Madman Pondo. Yes! He, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> he is, he's honestly just been a great, been a great person to me. And, you know, it's kind of great to see that, you know, people, if you would look at us, you'd think that we'd be like enemies. He is the most accepting person that you could ever, you know, talk to. Even though he is a, a crazy sob, <laughs> yeah. he, I I've watched some I've watched some clips on him, and I'm like, how did you not die? He's well, I wasn't paying. <laughs> I've been watching Madman Pondo since I was in middle school, and the fact that he's still going to me is insane. But uh, yeah, Akira has told me uh, in, in you know in private that. Pondo's just an awesome, awesome dude and just a sweet guy, which is, is great to hear, honestly. And it's funny because, I mean, judging gimmick compared to him, you would think that he would bite the head off a snake and spit it at you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but he is honestly one of the one of the sweetest people that have that have kind of been there for me. It was my very my very first match and he went, Come here. And he was like, if anybody gives you any any kind of problem, you come to me. And I said, okay. <laughs> I do think it's kind of funny that most of the people within the deathmatch community I've met are some of the sweetest people I've met in wrestling. Like, <laughs> right. like it makes zero sense. These guys are out there, you know, going through glass panes, you know, light tube bundles, gusset plates, and then you hang out with them in the back and they're just like, oh, hey, what's going on? How was my match? What are you up to? It's like, oh my god, how are you th like this very sweet person? Yeah, our um, our um, promoter used to do like hardcore stuff like that. He showed me the dents in the top of his head from where he's had like light tubes, everything yeah. else, and I'm like, oh my god! Right? Oh, it's it's nuts. That's like uh, John Wayne Murdoch is probably. One of the most down-to-earth, coolest guys I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he is just a genuinely sweet, kind, awesome dude who, it, it don't matter where you are on the card, whether you're behind the curtain, in front of the curtain, what you're doing, he will talk to you like, like you just, it doesn't matter to him. He's just, he's going to treat you like you're an awesome person, and that's, that's what we need in wrestling. Exactly. There's no need. And what's funny is that, you know, uh, backstage and stuff, I'm a very, I'm a very outgoing person. I just cannot help it. So it was great to have like, you know, people that are, that are, you know, there for me, like the, like the group we have, um, we have them come in as like Vince Steele, Johnny Santos, Chris Taylor, Kamikaze. And they have been honestly some of the some of the best people that I could ever meet because they 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 want honestly me to do the best I can. And the fact that I have those kind of people helping, you know, train me, you know, help me learn certain moves that I can't that I can't really learn here. Like I I, I trust them. And that is what the best kind of the best kind of feeling is, is because I know that they have the best that they have the best for me and for, and for me to be able to look at 
any kind of worker, male, female, be like, I, I trust you 100% is a huge thing. Yeah, and that's something that we need. You should always be able to trust the person across from you. And it's a shame when you can't. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I've, I, I've definitely had to learn that because, you know, uh, I want to say that, you know, things have been things have been the best. But I can say now that the people I the the people I, you know, do face and the, and the people we do have, you know, coming in as much as Anastasia scares me, I do trust her. Yes. <laughs> it's like she terrifies me. But I trust her. <laughs> and, you know, it's because it's an important thing. You're literally trusting another person with your body. Right, right. And, I mean, I know, I know, I know she wants to hurt me and win, but I know she won't, she won't purposely, you know, make it a permanent hurt. <laughs> exactly. She's not out there trying to, you know, make it so that you can't, like, walk again. She just wants to retain what's hers. God knows she has the strength. <laughs> Uh, so clearly, besides wanting to become uh, the big time pro wrestling women's champion in a month, what would you say are some of your goals for the future? I would say some of my goals. I would want to uh, number one travel more. Uh, I do have some um, chances to go out to like Tennessee, Florida. So I I kind of want to cash those in. Uh, we have a shadow wrestling alliance in um leesburg and they're about to open up a women's division and i will happily be a big part of that so i'm i'm ready to see to see you know what all what all future holds because uh besides besides you know getting my getting my first belt i want to be able to kind of be a forefront of you know my own for people who haven't met people like me yeah, and I, that's awesome. And yeah, it's always great to be able to branch out and, you know, wrestle in new places. But especially being able to tell your story and teach people along the way really makes that something that's not only important, but special. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, a, a lot of times, like I said, it's people fear what they what they don't know. And I want to say media has had a great job of, you know, making what trans people seem like but they have not (laughs) so i mean it's it's kind of cool when whenever whenever you know number one people a lot of times whenever i'm like oh i'm trans they're like oh like yeah and they're like they kind of in the nicest way i feel like they kind of um expect a lot more muscle or a lot more buff (laughs) or a lot more manly And I kind of have to be like, well, some of us are just literally born this way. I was born without testosterone, so I didn't really have a chance to kind of all those muscles and man strength that, you know, people say I should have. I kind of missed out. (laughs) (laughs) I said, how rude. But at least you're able to, you know, kind of joke about the things, too. That is a main part because... uh, a lot of people don't know whenever you first go through like transitioning and stuff. I 100% recommend please go to therapy. Please go to therapy. Oh yeah, that is huge. Because, really. Because 
because that is one of the main points we have to, you know, talk about because there's one in three people in us that are wanting to die. And honestly, therapy is so great. So great. Because whenever you are starting to, you know, transition stuff, that's one thing that they bring up and they teach you how to be able to deal with things like people staring at you, people being, you know, not great and how to deal with that. And I, I would love to, you know, take, take whenever I'm able to, you know, be kind of of a, not necessarily a leader, but I want to be kind of like a, like a kind of person that can, you know, go to a new group of people and kind of give them tips on, you know, how you are, how you can live with, you know, being trans and what's the best tips for, you know, around here. And because we are a small community here. So we have to stick together. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But what's funny is that people do not know this about um, our state is that we actually have the highest amount of trans people per capita. Really? West Virginia. Wow. Yeah, I would not have assumed that. And it's sad because here we are. We have, you know, the most per like capita yet again i'll get asked things like am i one of those transformers i said bumblebee specifically (laughs) (laughs) so kind of you to ask (laughs) i can't believe people would even say something like that i just i I can't good for them though you know like good for them (laughs) it's just crazy to me how how some people (laughs) and i mean you have to you have to laugh at it like I mean, something like that, and and honestly, it's funny. Like, you called me a transformer. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, I'm more like a more like a Decepticon from where I guess deceive people. <laughs> yeah, so you're Starscream. <laughs> uh, please. All right, well, that was all I had for the wrestling-related questions. Uh, now, uh, a fan favorite part is where I will ask you questions that have nothing to do with pro wrestling, if you're up for it. Good. 100%. Rapid fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one, everyone gets asked. This is very important to me. Grape or strawberry jelly? Grape. Thank you. I'm grape jelly gang for life, and I hate oh. strawberry jelly. <laughs> I am a big fan. You know the uh, jars that has the kind of peanut butter and I'm and a grape jelly mixed. Yes. I'll eat it straight out of the jar. No no questions asked. Uh, I am one of the few people in the world who does not like peanut butter. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's good for you. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, the way I eat it, I, I guess I'm not really caring what's good for me. Well, but to be fair, the one that has it kind of mixed in, it makes it ten times better. <laughs> What was your favorite cartoon character when you were a kid? Invader Zim, and that kind of explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What is a movie that you absolutely hate? Movie that I absolutely hate. Uh, It's more like an actor, anything that has Matthew McConaughey in it. I'm not not sure on why the hatred... (laughs) but I really don't like them. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I mean, I kind of don't get a lot of the hype either. 
he just has this thing about he plays the same character in every single movie where it's just he has this slow Iceland, <laughs> talk slow, and it's the same character in every movie. And I'm like, God, get him off of my screen. <laughs> the only one where it might be different is Dazed and Confused. But that... Nope. Not even then for me. The only time it was, was Magic Mike, and I just kind of skipped through him. There was a lot of distractions. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but, but I guess I think I think of him most for Dazed and Confused because it has one of the creepiest lines ever in a movie in it that he says. When it, oh, no. It, when he's like, oh, what is it? That's the thing I love most about high school girls. I keep getting older and they stay the same age. That just creeped me out. So bad. I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, that 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 doesn't help with my whole hatred. No, no. I mean, obviously, he can't control what his character has to say, but that's just one of those. Oh god. Oh, so, oh how cringy! Such a terror. Who wrote that? I and I can't believe the seventies were probably like that. Oh, looking back, I'm like, well. That, that probably that probably sums that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course I lose my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. What is your favorite fast food menu item? Favorite fast food menu item? Uh, I would say Whopper. Whatever okay. thing. Team Burger King. Till I die. <laughs> Even though you worked at McDonald's. <laughs> Listen. You can only eat McDonald's so much. And I promise you, anybody who has worked there knows for a fact you eat so much McDonald's. I can believe that. Uh, actually, the last time I was, I went through West Virginia, I was driving to Tennessee, but I purposely slept in a Walmart parking lot for a few hours so that I could wake up and go get a steak, egg, and cheese bagel because... For some reason, they have not brought them back in New York. <laughs> but I knew they were there from just Googling it. So I was like, no, I got to hang out in West Virginia for a few hours so I can get my steak bagel that I love so much. Oh, no. Well, it kind of it kind of cracks me up because, I mean, uh, here, I didn't know that, you know, they had gotten rid of the steak, the steak, egg and cheese bagel up until, like, I had seen posts. And I'm like, what? I have one. 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for some reason West Virginia is more important than New York to get Well, back. it is just like how uh here of course we have a sausage gravy and biscuit. I had I had no idea this was just a southern thing to where I was like, "Wait a minute. Where is y'all's gravy biscuit?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. There's some things we're missing out. How dare it? How dare it not have gravy? <laughs> uh, speaking of West Virginia, what would you say is the biggest misconception that people get about West Virginia? Um, believe it or not, is that uh, is that number one, we we can't read, <laughs> or that uh, we can't read. We're barefoot hillbillies, and I mean, I'll admit, some of us like me have a little southern twang but i promise we are not we are not stupid <laughs> it's not all coal mines and meth right <laughs> oh thankfully <laughs> our town is a little bit classier we have heroin <laughs> oh, oh, <all> right. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, we are more of like a uh, more of like a college town here. And I'll admit, if you go if you go to the hills and stuff, that's where you'll find the wild the wild and wonderful whites. <laughs> yes, I have. No, I've only seen bits and pieces of that documentary, but I really need to watch that. <laughs> I, I love it. I can't help it. I know I know it's awful. I know it's terrible, but it is the fact uh, we have a um, baseball park here that did a wild and wonderful whites day. The next day on the news, they posted that they were surprised that the wild and wonderful whites had trashed the VIP room. Oh, my God. I said, look who you invited. Exactly. Uh, and the, the final question... The standard bearer of the show. What is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Um, I actually had a, had an old house where it had a, uh, it had kind of a, like, basement that was turned into, like, a bedroom. But once we, <laughs> once we uh, started going through, I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. What does this door go to? Turns out that it used to be a morgue. <laughs> Oh my god! It was so creaky. I'm like, I don't know if I can sleep down here. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that one is uh, definitely a, a a head turner in the sense of oh, it what had, the like, hell was that? It had everything, so I was like, oh my god, this used to be a morgue. <laughs> was it like an old funeral home or? Yeah, I'm guessing so because we went through and we're like, wait a minute, and we looked. In our, uh, once we walked through our door, we looked, and you know the thing that they have, like, the, like, funeral home pamphlets in? There was one still attached to the house. <laughs> oh, my God. You would think they have to disclose that stuff. Yeah, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you'll be high. Yeah. That's what they hope. <laughs> oh, it was, there was so many creepy things about this house to where, like, I could not even explain it so i'm glad to be out of there <laughs> yeah i don't blame you there's there the house was definitely haunted there's probably no way around it. oh none none at all <laughs> oh, well again thank you so much uh for taking this time to, to spend and and talk and share and teach uh right now do you want to like throw where people can follow you uh if you have any merch you know throw it out there shill make money sure thing i'll go ahead and give them the spiel <laughs> um you can find me facebook carmen beck you can also find my um fan page which is carmen chaos you can find also uh you can find me on twitter carmen k chaos you can find me instagram official carmen chaos and you can if you want to buy some merch i have my carmen chaos t-shirt at pro wrestling tees all right there you go now you know where to go all, all the options. <laughs> yeah. And again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with me and and just talking about this thing that we love. <laughs> it has been great. And you know, anytime that you know you want somebody back, feel free to call me. <laughs> all right, I'm I'm glad you had a good enough time to offer that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You go, now where's the block button? <laughs> no, never. No way. Never. Uh, one of my, I think, why well, I, I wonder if this is a normal worry for other people who do wrestling podcasts, but I really hope that the person I'm talking to is having a good time. 
Oh, mine have mine have always been great. I I literally have not had one where I'm like, oh, this was bad. Like, no, they have been wonderful. And also, to any kind of wrestler or anybody in the actual wrestling scene who wants to get your name out there, podcasts are the best way to do it. They will talk to you. I promise. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. don't buy. There's there's literally like nine hundred million of us. <laughs> right. I'm like, just pick one. <laughs> There's, they're not hard to find. Just Google it. I'm sure you'll get 7,000. Oh, God. I cannot imagine a Google search for wrestling podcasts and that's it. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine for the person who's paying to get theirs at the top of the Google search. Oh, 100%. Oh, you they, know have to be, they have to be paying a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. I would. I can't afford that. I'm a D-level <laughs> indie wrestling podcast. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe. Good luck in your match uh, coming up. I can't wait to see it once it hits YouTube. I'll definitely be looking out for it. And uh, probably looking for spoilers, too, once it actually happens. (laughs) All right. Well, you will definitely see, you know, pictures, videos, everything once I do have them. Awesome. Can't wait. Uh, So, yeah, again, take care. Stay safe. And we will hear from you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that was Karma Chaos. She told you where you can follow her, where you can find her. Uh, trying to think. You guys know where to, to find me. It's it's not hard. Facebook, Alone in the Basement. Twitter, AITB Podcast. Instagram is also Alone in the Basement. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else. Hmm. Oh, Blackjack Lanza did pass away today, so rest in peace to Blackjack Lanza, a dude who did so much through the wrestling world. He did just YouTube, man. He was so good. He did so much awesome stuff. And uh, we did kind of touch on today that, you know, one in three trans people will sadly take their own life, and it is something that can be hopefully prevented through... Things like therapy or anything like that. But if for any reason anyone listening to this, regardless of your gender, is ever feeling uh, like they're losing hope or losing control, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The phone number for that is 1-800-273-8255. And, you know, just reach out and, and talk to someone because you're loved and you're, you know, you won't, we, people want you here. And and they'd love to to spend as much time with you as they possibly can, and that's really important to know. All right, guys, that's uh that's all you got from me. I need to go out and see if I need to shovel since the plow went by a few times. Gotta love upstate New York weather, and uh, I will be back next week with another episode. All right, guys, I love you. Take care. Take it easy. Stay safe. Bye.